Hello and welcome to the Activist Podcast, brought to you by Vegan FTA, vegan for the animals. I'm your host, Gareth Skirr, and I'll also be joined by my wonderful co-host and wife, Jackie Norman. In this episode, we have the larger-than-life Matthew Pritchard. Formerly known as Dirty Sanchez, Matthew Pritchard came to fame for his days of being an MTV stuntman and professional skater. These days, Matt puts his wild energy into extreme endurance events and has embraced a vegan lifestyle with his best mate Lemmy. In this interview, we learn about Matt's shift from Dirty Sanchez to Dirty Vegan, his vegan cookbooks and BBC cooking series, and also his new passion for life as an endurance athlete. We hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did, and be sure to check out our social media pages at VeganFTA on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube where you can also find the series in video format. Hey, Matt. So, sorry, I'm just, I'm, I've, uh, I woke up and I uh, jumped on my walk bike and I had an FTP test. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's, it's full, full power for 20 minutes. And I, ah, I haven't done it for years and I'm absolutely dying. I've had a shower, so I'm in my, uh, I'm in my robe. <laughs> in bed. No worries. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I say the Jackie's probably out walking Lemmy or doing something like that anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, Lemmy, Lemmy's by you. Now, Lemmy, come here. Who's this? Who's this? Hello. Who's hello? Hello, oh, Lemmy. Oh, yay! Hey, Lemmy. Oh. Aww. Beautiful. I wouldn't usually. He's got a ball in his mouth. Oh. Do, do you want us to, like, do you need some time to, like, get changed or anything like that, seeing as it's a video one? I don't know if you like cool being in your own or I if you don't. want. I don't give two shits, man. Christ, people have seen me in far worse states. We are over the moon to have you with us today. The one and only Matt Pritchard. For any of our viewers who don't know who you are. Um, if you've been under a rock or something, yeah. yeah. if you've been hiding under a rock and you don't know who the dirty vegan or possibly dirty Sanchez is. Um, yeah, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and um, what you do? Uh... Matthew Pritchard, I uh, was a professional skateboarder to begin with, and then I sort of started working in the industry for Globe Skate Shoes, which, well, I know you're New Zealand people, but uh, it's an Australian company. Uh, and then Dirty Sanchez happened, and then from Dirty Sanchez, I started sort of taking up fitness and exercise and then and then I found veganism in 2015 and then I started a YouTube channel called Pritchard's Proper Vegan Cooking and then the BBC saw it and they picked it up and then we uh, we started doing vegan on BBC over here. Which is fantastic. We're that, so that, excited that's about that. Show, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, you know, I've got some serious cool, cool points interviewing you because um, I, I remember you very well from the pain men. And um, I actually, I've got two adult sons and I, they're out, you know, living their own lives, flattened and whatnot. And I said, you never guess. I said, do you remember the pain men? I thought they're not going to remember because, you know, they were quite little. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm interviewing Pritchard. They're like, no way. <laughs> so, yeah, you've made veganism seriously cool. But um, in the, you know, we've listened to quite a, a lot of interviews um, with you researching for this episode. And so, you know, you've, you've spoken in, uh, in quite detail about your past life as, as Pritchard, um, the skating legend. And, um, you know, you've been infamous for sort of being the life of the party and, and being really quite sort of uh, quite mental, really, about it all, which is... 
<laughs> so today, however, we were um, we were planning to talk to Matthew, the man you are today. And um, although in saying that for our viewers, you know, I can highly recommend <laughs> checking out podca podcasts like the Sapnim podcast because um, your stories are hilarious. But um, yeah, what, what led you to become the dirty vegan that you are? I love your story about how you became vegan and um, yeah, I, I think it would be great to share with the viewers. Um, I, I mean, I used to be a very big meat eater and I was, you know, I was your usual meat, meat and veg or fish and veg or whatever it may be. And, you know, I, I went to, I went to college straight from school to study to become a chef. Uh, so I've always enjoyed cooking and, you know, I was there for two years, uh, had a bad experience when I left. Uh, so I sort of just left the industry, but you know, I was always interested in cooking the house. And I suppose when you, once I got into fitness, um, when I want to get into something, I get into it. I really go in head first and I want to know everything about it. Uh, and yeah, I just, I just started, I, somebody said, said, look at Cowspiracy. And I watched Cowspiracy on Netflix. Now, I didn't know, so all I knew about veganism was vegans, they just, they don't eat meat and they don't eat dairy or anything to do with animals. That's all I knew about veganism. And then as soon as I saw Cowspiracy, I was like, wow, I, there was so much more to being a vegan than just not eating meat and dairy. And I was, and I, it, it was shocking and really opened my eyes to what is going on in the world. And I was feeding that by eating meat and, 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 and dairy and, and I was contribute, contributing to the, 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 all this hell, and, which it is hell that's going in the world, especially for the animals. And as soon as I watched, as soon as I watched that, that was it. I didn't, the next day I was vegan straight away. I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go vegan. I mean, yeah, my brother uh, did as well. And, and then it was, that's where my journey started, really. And then it was like, right, what do I have for dinner now? <laughs> and so I sort of started researching food and recipes and ideas and all that kind of stuff. And then that sort of brought me, I started really enjoying cooking again and, and they just started from there, really. And, and, and I just thought, would it be good to do uh, a YouTube channel of me cooking vegan stuff? And, because I, I used YouTube to look for ideas, recipe ideas and stuff when I turned vegan. And I just noticed a lot of the, the vegan ones were really dull and drab and, and boring, and I just thought, hang on, I, I just saw a market here. I thought, with me being who I am, and I thought, like, let's let's make veganism fun. Let's make make it cool, and, and let's let's have you know, basically, basically giving something to they can turn onto a vegan channel and have a bit of a laugh, and at the same time get some good ideas for food. So that's 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 why I started the YouTube channel, really, and it was it was really fun doing it. I don't know if you've seen it, but I get dressed yeah. up and got goggles. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. No, but, um, it leads yeah. really nicely into the next question, actually. But yeah, we've definitely seen it. <laughs> yeah, because um, Jackie and I, we, we put out a cookbook ourselves, and that probably wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for you, because we went vegan about four years ago as well. And at the time, yeah, you just sort of started up with doing your, um, the Pritchard's proper vegan cooking. And 
used to love watching you on YouTube as well, because um, I'm Welsh originally as well. Uh, I grew up in the Bracken Beacons, a little village of Bull. And um, oh, yeah, Bracken, I, I love the Bracken Beacons. Yeah, like oh, I love it. My um, my cousins, they they grew up in um in the valley, so they've got the proper Welsh accent. For me, I know by the end of this interview, my my Welshiness will be coming back. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, like, so you really helped to inspire us, you know, to get into doing the cooking and stuff. And like, um, I wonder, were you the same as me, um, when you first started out, you know, and you're like, I used to take the piss out of vegans a lot because I was a big carnist as well. I was a big meat and cheese eater, you know, like, um, we the sort of same, like before you went vegan, it was sort of like, who are these Muppets? Yeah, I think everyone is really. Um, because if if you because my my sister-in-law my brother's wife she was vegetarian and of course me and my brother were big meat eaters and we used to take the mickey out of her going oh you're hippie and all that kind of stupid stuff and, and uh guessing we don't use the usual rubbish and yeah so yeah i was but <laughs> it's, it's funny isn't it you look back and it's, i'm just so far from that person now especially once you've uh, educated yourself to what is actually going on in the world and what happens to animals and what goes on at, and in slaughterhouses and farms and this and that is it makes you well yeah just you just it's just a case of waking up really isn't it? Yeah. i've woken up i've become older i've become wiser and i've educated myself and i'm far happier for it as well Absolutely, yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, um, I asked you in a previous life, I, I wouldn't, I've been in New Zealand almost 30 years now, and when I came over, the first thing I learned to do was milk cows because uh, that was living the dream. That was the clean, green, you know, old McDonald and that kind of thing. And it's, you know, having been on that, yeah, so much worse. Like you say, when you watch something like Cowspiracy or anything, in, in yeah, being able to vouch for that, it's just so much worse than anybody imagined. It was, you know, I saw stuff that was way worse than I ever contemplated or even thought about. So, you know, we, uh, we'll, yeah, definitely turn around. But, um, you know, you've, you've mentioned in interviews about, um, you know, where is the line between a dog and a cat or a, or a pig and a cow when it comes to food? And uh, we've had the pleasure of, of meeting Lemmy already um, this morning, which is awesome. You're, you're, you're a lovely dog. And, um, you know, I know he's a huge part of your life. And, and how instrumental was Lemmy when it came to, you know, your shift of your mindset? You said you watched Cowspiracy, and um, I understand he had a bit of an important role as well. Yeah, well, he did, because, I mean, he's my, he's my mate. He's my best mate. And you don't, you don't eat your best mate, do you? But, uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I, look, I look at Lemmy, I, I look at him, and I can see him now behind the camera, and... You know, I, I thought of killing him or seeing somebody kill him to put him on a fire and eat him. It was just, it just, well, it ain't happening. So why, and everyone looks at their dogs the same way as well. So what, you know, I just, I don't know where the cutoff point is. And who said that you can have them as pets, but then you eat them? I, it's, you know, they're all animals. They all have feelings and they've all, you know, I look at Lemmy, he, he, he knows who I am. I know who he is. If I'm sad, he knows when I'm sad. He knows everything about me. So the thought of eating him is just, nah. I mean, even when I ate meat as well, 
I used to look at lambs in the field and I used to love lambs, the way they used to just jump around in the field and they just look so cute and stuff. And I just thought, oh, I just what will I eat? I eat that. And I, so when even when it was a meat eater, I sort of felt a little bit guilty seeing lambs because I, lo I love the spring. It's my favourite time of the year. It's when all the, the, we get loads of great food, really fresh food salads and all that kind of stuff and then the, the lambs get born as well and everything just sort of comes alive again and, and to see those lambs and yeah i mean even, i even felt guilty back then so uh i mean turning vegan and seeing animals for what they are really dog cat parrot whatever whatever it may be to me they're animals they're friends and they're not food and uh and they won't be food for the rest of my life. If I could, I'd love to have a farm full of the bloody things. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's the next uh, big Pritchard adventure then. <laughs> so, well, um, yeah. I mean, the good, I thought, well, we have got something in common. New Zealand lamb and Welsh lamb. Yeah. But, uh, we'd have them for friends. We don't, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, um, there's actually another thing that comes across with the New Zealand uh, lamb and the Welsh lamb. Um, both of us get uh, taking the mickey out of uh, having relations with uh, with the sheep. You know, both the Kiwis and the Welsh both get the same jokes thrown at them. So, um, <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, <laughs> the, the local leisure centre, as they call it. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I heard that one before. <laughs> wait, wait, where's your wellies, the edge of the cliff and all that rubbish? Yeah, we've heard uh, before. We shag them, you eat them, all that. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, um, so, like, when you went vegan, did you have any other mates who were in that lifestyle, or was it just you and Lammy when you first started out? Uh, did I have any vegan friends? I don't... It's a good question. I can't remember. I might have, but... um, I mean, as soon as you go vegan, a lot of your friends go, you are? You've gone vegan? Oh, you were right, or what? Just, a lot of people... Obviously, people knew I was doing stuff like Iron Man and and all that, all the triathlon stuff and the long distance uh, sports. And they said, "Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go vegan if I were you. You're going, you're going to be really ill." And uh, I mean, obviously, clearly they didn't know. And and I was, it was a complete opposite. I felt. I felt I felt much better than myself for being vegan. I felt lighter. I felt I had more energy. My my swimming, my cycling, my running times were getting reduced, and I was just like, "Hang on a minute, I'm onto something here." And especially when you sort of uh, when I set challenges like what thirty half, because that same year when I went vegan, I I challenge myself to 30 half Ironman in 30 days and everyone was like whoa so you can't do that on a vegan diet you're going to be so ill luckily uh, our local my local vegan restaurant Anna Loka which is literally five minutes from my house uh, Adam he said I'll, I'll sponsor you so he said after after every day you finished your uh, half Ironman you'll come into well I went into the restaurant he'd cook me food so I'd have a lovely vegan spread fill myself up go home sleep wake up repeat so i you know i i did i had a vegan diet for the whole 30 days and i felt absolutely great and from day 15 i was actually getting faster not slower so 
I think I, I think I proved a lot of people wrong then, and I didn't want to prove them wrong in a nasty way. It's just I wanted to prove them wrong so they can make them think and go, oh, actually, there's you know he's onto something here, and it sounds like a a decent thing to do. Not for just for the animals, but for your health and and the environment and everything. So yeah, it was all good. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, you know, like Gareth was saying, like we were so excited when we first went vegan, and we were just like you, you know, going on YouTube, seeing what was around there, and then yeah, you you just started your YouTube, and we were like, oh my god, because you know, we were like, geez, that is so cool, you know, like it was because like like Gareth, I mean, we used to have like five hundred, you know, five hundred grams of cheese in a pasta bake for two kind of things, so he was like last person <laughs> we ever imagined. So to see you up there doing it as well was like brilliant. We're like, yay! You know, <laughs> and so you know, dirty vegan. He's he's pretty clean living these days, but you know, for a long time you um you had that reputation for sort of being anything but in in your wild man days. And um, do you think? Like I said, we were so excited to see you, you know, up there doing it. Do you think that's been a great sort of door opener for you to to get people who would normally never even be seen dead doing anything vegan to actually learn about it through you and, and even consider it as well? I mean, for, if, if anyone, for anyone who knows my background, if anyone knows me really is being me and what I've done, for, and, and if they see that I've gone vegan and, you know, I'm... It's, you know, it's helping me. Obviously, people, I haven't, nothing, nothing's affected my life from being vegan. If anything, it's, it's enhanced my life. And so, you know, from people looking in from this guy who was just full on crazy all of the time to being fit, fit and healthy. I don't get me wrong. I still have my, mo my mad moments, you know, once in a blue moon, especially when I've done a lot of hard work, a lot of hard training and stuff. I like to let myself go a little bit, but um, nothing like what it used to be back in the day. But, you know, I suppose you like to, I think the word's called balance. <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know what balance was back in the day, but I've got, I've got a nice little balance now. So do my hard work and, and do a lot of training and, and eat well, and then I have a little blowout, and then go and start again. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm fit, I'm healthy, and you know, I, I was I was quite the opposite at one point, and I've always said you know, fitness is is just so important in life. Uh, if I didn't have fitness, I'd be in a right pickle because I mean, even this morning, getting up this morning, the thought of jumping on the bike and doing a 20, 20 minute FTP test going full blast, sweating my ring off. I just thought, oh, I don't really want to do it, but get off your ass, get on the bike, get it done. I mean, I come off the bike, I was almost dying, but then now I'm now I'm high, I'm just like high as a kite, but it's a natural high, it's your endorphins and everything. So that's, that's how important exercise is. If you start your day, with some kind of exercise, it doesn't have to be a stupid 20 minute FTP thing. We'll do what makes you happy, like go for a walk, maybe go for a swim, or go for a run, or go for a bike ride. If you start your day like that, then that sets you up for the whole day. And, uh, and it puts a smile on your face, uh, gets your endorphins going. And then if you carry on the day, then by eating good, healthy, vegan food, absolutely brilliant to I me mean, on, on the weekends you might treat yourself to a bit of bit of vegan junk like we all like we all do <laughs> a nice 
processed vegan burger. Bosh. <laughs> but um, yeah, again, it's it's that balance thing, and it? I mean, some people have a whole food whole food vegan diet seven days a week, and some people sort of have the odd day here and there where they have a bit of processed food and stuff. But you do what works for you, and just try and live as healthy and as happy as as possible, really. Uh, that's that's brilliant yeah like we definitely know that with the balance um because yeah even with things like doing like the raw vegan uh we try to follow whole foods mainly but you know still when you're out and about you got to live a little and um like especially with the raw thing you know having a little bit of cook just for that bit of comfort as well and um everyone's got to live a little but do you still feel a bit of um pressure from some people to to be the old pritchard at times or is it just um you know you just put them out of the mind uh, some no, I don't really, I don't really go into those positions anymore. I don't put myself in those positions anymore. But <laughs> I've got a rally coming up uh, in September, which is Amsterdam to Ibiza with a load of the gumballers, and uh, that's. I think Pritchard's going to be released at some point on that, on that, on that rally. I'm, I'm just going to be honest, but um, you know, we've been on, we've been on lockdown now since March the 30th, and I mean, it's just a great way to go and see all your friends again and celebrate, have a few drinks, and sort of let your hair down a little bit. Because you know, I'm on lockdown, I've been training a lot. I've been doing as much as possible, really, to keep me entertained to keep my mind entertained keep Lemmy entertained luckily I, I mean I only live in the house of my own so but of course Lemmy's here as well so without him it would have been even worse but I just can't wait to go on that rally and join everybody have a laugh yeah Pritchard might make an appearance for a little bit but hey it's only a seven day trip and then we will be back to normal when we get back home and back on the program again oh tidy so um so we touched on this a little bit before, but um, so basically you were told by the school careers lady that um, you couldn't be the Hollywood stuntman that you wanted to be. <laughs> and so you decided to take up catering. And then, of course, you had your bad experience uh, once you stepped foot in the industry. And then life took you way off course. It took you somewhere completely different, which uh, sounds wonderful. Um, but can you tell us a little bit a little bit more about how, you know, veganism really relit that fire for cooking within you? Uh, it was it was finding alternatives to what I, I what, what I because everyone's like you know how would you make a vegan mayonnaise without using eggs and how would you uh, you know and then you got how would you replace meat and then you, you got Satan and Satan <laughs> and you got a, there's just loads of stuff and and using different foods and alternatives to make these things similar. It's just, I just find it really interesting. And, um, and I'm still to this day finding new ways of doing stuff. And I think everyone's coming up with, and, and, and like, um, what to call it, meringues and stuff. And to find out that you can make meringues from chickpea juice. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. but it's this so temperamental. I don't know if you've tried it yourselves, but it really is temperamental, aquafaba. Uh, I've had a couple of aquafailures, yeah. <laughs> aquafailures, yeah. But I've I found out why the, the best aquafaba is, if you look at the tin of chickpeas, 
the older the the date is on the on the can the better the aquafaba because it's given more time from the protein from the chickpeas to go into the juice and it's the protein which makes the meringue better so the younger the chickpea can the harder the the harder the aquafaba is to make but the older the chickpea can the better the aquafaba I was hoping so, you're going to bring that up because when I was researching you and I, I saw a clip where you're saying about that, I was like, why haven't I heard that before? That, like, hopefully that helps a lot of our, our bakers and stuff out there today. Yeah, I mean, you can do make mayonnaise out of aquafaba as well. It's just, who would have thought that, that, that you can get so much more out of a chin, tin of chickpeas? <laughs> for sure, for sure. I, I tell you, yeah. <laughs> I do, I do, I do love chickpeas. There's a, there's a shop called The Spice of Life. It's been there since the 80s. My mother used to go there. Uh, Gareth and his wife run the family run business and it's just the best shop ever. They've got all the health food stuff. And I went there on lockdown and bought myself a huge bag of dried organic chickpeas and you've got to soak them in water overnight with some baking baking powder and stuff, soften them up and then boil them. And I thought, I'm just going to make some proper hummus. And I, I de-skinned every single chickpea just so I could get a smoother hummus. Oh, wow. And I tell you what, it was worth it. I was <laughs> dipping away like a right good and lovely oh, jubbly. That's devotion. Loved Only it. in lockdown, eh? You got time to do that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I think so, that's um, that's some of the old Pritchard, the glutton for punishment coming out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at things like a challenge, well, there's like, got a thousand chickpeas there, you've got to DC them all. Yep, cool, give me it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Start timing yourself then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's one way to pass the time anyway, isn't it? So do you find that, um, like the first thing we found that, um, when we started cooking vegan, that, you know, when we were eating meat, um, you know, we used to stick to the same old recipes all the time. You know, you might sort of about have half a dozen or 10 at the most that were just on this rotation. You know, shepherd's pie on Wednesdays, roast on Sunday. I mean, we still have Sunday roast, but we just, you know, have vegan Sunday roast. But, um, you know, our repertoire is so huge now because we're just always learning. Like you say, always finding new things that you can do. Which, is that the same for you as well? It's just constantly, you're just always trying new things. You just keep growing. Yeah, I mean, over lockdown, I haven't really been that posh as far as food being concerned to be honest I, i've kept it pretty basic because i mean i normally the look my local store is waitrose and the, all the staff and everyone are really cool in there and you know i just i'm pretty much in there every day i'm one of those people people that likes likes to go into the shop every day and do my shopping rather than once a week so i get quite friendly with all the staff and, and as soon as lockdown happened the, the queues were going for miles and i haven't really been going in there for that reason, uh, so there was a Tesco store just down the road, a smaller shop. So I'd go in there and just just buy basic stuff, really. I mean, I was having pa just pasta and baked beans. <laughs> just well, it is what it is, you know. You can't. You just got to make do, and and that's what I did. So I haven't really been that flamboyant when it comes when it's been, when it comes to cooking over the last two and a half months. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I don't really, I don't really go for much meat alternatives either. I try and keep it pretty. Uh, like I wouldn't, I won't eat that much seitan and, and and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's plenty of stuff out there to do, isn't it? 
Oh, for sure. I think we'll let you off on the baked beans under the circumstances as well. <laughs> so. I, put it on, I put it on my Instagram stories the other day, and it's just like, well, that's what I got. And people are like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, oh, sorry, I swore. But I'm just like, and that's all I've got in the kitchen. Do you know what I mean? I, I had nothing else, because obviously I, I got rid of all my, everything that was in my cupboards, I used over lockdown. And I just, I bought like these, this like stupid amount of baked beans. <laughs> in baked beans before lockdown but well worst comes to the worst baked beans are always handy in there and i had some pasta left over i just shoved it all in and just had it happy days oh awesome simple cooking it did the trick oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> the, the funny thing is though when it comes to instagram or facebook and stuff like that then it's always uh we found when you do these like silly simple recipes that's when all of a sudden like they go off off the hook you know and everyone's everyone's liking it it's like this is the the laziest thing I've done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, la last night I did a, just a basic tomato sauce and pasta. And it's just, yeah, and, and I found a gotch, gotchwan paste. Well, that's something I've learned over lockdown. I don't know if you've heard of gotchwan paste, but it's like fermented, it. yeah, fermented chili paste. Oh, man, it is so good. Put that into your tomato. Just a, just a basic mm -hmm. tomato sauce, obviously fresh tomatoes, tinned tomatoes tomato puree uh, and some gotchwan paste and stuff with obviously plenty of garlic and uh, it's it just doesn't half lift the sauce and gives it a nice little kick as well delicious oh lovely yeah awesome that sounds good definitely we'll give it a go stop the podcast we'd like to take a moment to give a shout out to one of our partners the vegan review the vegan review is the ultimate digital platform for vegan news they strive to create unique, informative and factual content for vegans and the vegan curious concerning animal welfare, ethical consumerism, sustainability and the wider vegan movement. Head on over to theveganreview.com today. Now back to the podcast. You hold the title for, well, not only the first ever vegan cooking show on the BBC, but actually in the UK, I believe, which is pretty, there's pretty dang good going. How did it come about? You know, like how how the hell do you get on mainstream BBC TV with the vegan cooking show? You know, did did the BBC approach you, or did you take your YouTube channel, you know, to them, or just want to take it further? I did always all it's it's mental, man. When I when I think about it, it didn't go on mainstream BBC. It was BBC Wales, <laughs> so it was the first. It was well, yeah, it was the first vegan cooking show on on, on British TV. Uh, I know the guys from Bosch. Uh, they're doing one on ITV now, which is which is brilliant because you know it's just, it's putting vegan food out to the masses and showing people how good and nutritious and easy vegan food is to make, uh, and pushing the vegan word as well. Uh, and you know they've been selling loads of books, which is good. But it was just I don't know. I just met up with uh, my mate Scott Carey. Uh, he organised a meeting with his uncle, uh, Julian Carey, who was the commissioner for BBC Wales, and then hooked me up with uh, a production company in Bristol. And one thing led to another. They, he commissioned it, and we just went out, and started filming. You know, it was it was it was a big change for me because. I hadn't done TV for a long time since Sanchez, so my confidence my confidence wasn't at its very best, and it was new for the production company as well because they had never filmed a, t a cooking TV show before. So we were sort of like filming and learning, overall learning, 
and uh, it was really interesting to film. I had fun filming it and to present because I was, you know, I was presenting. I was met a presenter <laughs> for God's sake. You know, this is the guy who was shoving drumsticks up his ass and smashing bottles on his head. <laughs> so from going going from that to present the TV show was was a big jump, but um. I enjoyed it, and you know the the finished product was good, and everyone, in, you know, it was quite because at the time we got the we got the green lights. We were filming for that, and then we were doing the Wild Man to Iron Man, which was the the story, my documentary of how I did doing the first person to do the triathlon across Wales. So I had to try and train for that whilst filming Dirty Vegan, and then they said there was a there were, we we've got a, the old, the green light for a book. And I'm like, hang on a minute, man. I've got, like, I've got, where do I sleep? Because we were doing like 12 hour days filming Dirty Vegan. So uh, they said, oh, look, just use your recipes you've done on YouTube. And I said, well, yeah, but I just cook with my eye. If I'm making a book, everything's got to be measured, this, that, that. So it was, it was a crazy time with not much sleep, a lot of hard work, but it was, um, it was worth it. And it came out and yeah. Everyone enjoyed it. The book did really well, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good, man. Happy days. Definitely, yeah. Oh, yeah. From what we've been able to watch of it, because um, of course, being out of the UK, um, they won't let us watch it on the iPlayer and yeah. stuff like that. But um, from what we've been able to see, it's, it's absolutely. Have you got VPN? Um, have you got VPN? No, I, I need to get it. one. Then I can. Yeah, if you get VPN. What's one of those then? Uh, it's uh, basically you. It, makes your internet connection seem like it's from somewhere else so then yeah oh, then you can novel yes. these sorts of things that would be awesome yeah because we yes, had the same because yeah, yeah, my mates my mates in la and he got vpn so he can watch it you've eaten over there yeah that's so, what we need to do that's um, technology <laughs> i only just discovered zoom in lockdown this is where this all came about <laughs> i think a lot of people discovered zoom in lockdown as well. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm just uh, at the moment, at the moment, I'm literally just launching. Um, I'm rebranding all the my YouTube channel and everything, so that's that we're in the pro process of doing that now. And hopefully, it's going to be my vlog, my cooking, and all that kind of stuff. And it should be out uh, in a few months' time. Oh, so brilliant! That's what I'm concentrating on at the moment. Awesome. Oh, um, for our viewers who haven't seen the show, you know. Um, you take veganism to the masses and you get uh, catering for all these different groups like you do um, wedding, um, the Cardiff Devils, ice hockey team, uh, the Women's Institute. They must have been like a real tough crowd, I, I would have thought. Um, was there anyone who really presented like a, the biggest sort of challenge? The Women's Institute were the best. I absolutely loved them. I got on with them like a house on fire. We had so much fun. They were just, and they were so welcoming as well. Uh, I just had a laugh with them. I, I just, I, I really like older people. I get on with them, and uh, I was quite happy to to work, spend the week with them, and we just had a yeah, it was just a laugh. And the wedding one was just the hardest. It was just that was the hardest one, but the most uh, satisfying because there was so much. Hard work, and we, you know, we had the tidy, the Laura and them from Tidy Kitchen that were working behind the scenes with me as well, obviously, because you know, I couldn't just do a whole bloody buffet on my own for a big wedding. 
So, uh, you know, they, they've, they've been a big help throughout the whole filming of uh, Dirty Vegan. And uh, great family as well to work with. So we got the spread on. And, you know, this, there's a lot of non-vegans in, at this wedding. And I thought, oh, Jesus, so that's stress. If I hope they fucking like that. But everyone genuinely really enjoyed the food. And, you know, a buffet takes a long time because there's so many different things that you've got to do. I mean, if it was just one main meal, simple. But then there was so many stuff. And then we managed to get it all out. Everyone was really happy. I got to have a few beers with the bride and groom and everyone and all that kind of stuff. And uh, at the end of it, it was almost, it was quite emotional, actually. Because I was doing my bit to camera, and uh, yeah, I got quite, um, I got quite emotional because it was just nice to see so many people happy uh, on the food, and all the work that everyone and the team put into it was uh, was good. So it was, um, yeah, it was a good feeling. And doing the ice hockey was just a laugh, and you're surrounded by the boys. Uh, they're gonna take the piss out you. You take the piss out of them. You go on the ice hockey, start ragging you around a bit. That was a good laugh. But every single person I I, I hooked up with was was amazing. It was good, and, and I especially like going to go and see Ruth and and them at the um, Cardiff Met, and they would teach me all about the food science of the, the vegan food science and everything. So I'd have a laugh with them a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think the whole the whole show was based about. I just wanted the, the whole show to be fun, interesting, and knowledgeable as well. So people come away smiling, and obviously with a bit of education as well. So, and I think we came. I think that came across, which is uh, which is good. Definitely, it's that balance word coming again, isn't it? You got the food, you got the element of fun, but you've got the facts there as well with your nutritional scientists and everything. So uh, help sort of uh, explain that food science and, and validate the health benefits and all of that. So um, yeah, and they they were all on board with um, you know you promoting the vegan diet, the the um, the nutritionists and stuff. Yeah, they were all. It was good. It was good to go and see them because you know they know their food. I mean, that's it's kind of met at the end of the day. They're there, the teachers, that's what, that's what their job is, to teach you about food and, and what goes into it. And I learned a lot from them, which oh, that's why I enjoyed going there, because I learned so much from them. And it was I, I, I always came away with, a, you know, like I, I, I achieved something. I, I learned something new every time we went to see them. And, of course, we did, like, fun little tests as well of, Using these machines, me being me, going, Whoa, I'm, I'm like a little kid. I am, I mean, I'm maybe 47, but I'm like a little kid. I was like, oh, what's this? What's that? And constantly questioning everything, but um, yeah, it was it's it's, it's good to learn, it's just good to learn that. Well, yeah, you know, you, you're always learning every day's a school day, isn't it? Mm-hmm. and uh, the day the day that you think it's not a school day, then. You've lost it, man. <laughs> uh, well, especially when it comes to food, because um, we eat three times a day, most of us. So, you know, it's something that's such a, a fundamental part of our life, you know, and learning more about it, you know, how can that not be fun? You know, it's something that's key to us. And so having that sort of science back, and do you feel that was something that was key to making the show um, as successful as it was? Yeah, because I think a lot of people... When it comes to vegan food, <clears throat> a lot of people uh, are not very familiar with it, and they don't the science 
that goes behind it, like, you know, Satan and like, well, what's in Satan? Well, why has it got that texture, all that, <clears throat> all that kind of stuff? So I think it was important because a lot of veganism's new to many people. And, you know, like myself and, and you, when you turned vegan, you didn't know what the hell you were doing. So to put it on TV and to explain to people what's in our food and how we make it, uh, I think is really important. And I think it helps others with their change from being a meat and dairy, you're consuming meat and dairy foods, to becoming a vegan. So uh, hopefully, uh, the two episodes that we've done, it, you know, it helped a lot of people uh, make the change to uh, veganism. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like you've uh, you got the, the right approach, which I think is one of the things that makes people enjoy what you do so much because it's so relatable and... Um, like with us, like you say, when we, were, when we first went vegan, we didn't really know what the hell we were doing. We were in Southland. Uh, we were in, in Gore, like right down the bottom of the country, pretty much, surrounded by sheep farms. And, um, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. And, and yeah, everyone that was around us were like, oh, God, what are these two up to now, you know? And, uh, and the local sheep farmer would come and see us every day, and he'd give us so much stick, you know. But um, we realized that, you know, we, we weren't going to be – um, I think people expected us to be angry, to be serious, and, and we weren't. We're just like, you know, you can laugh at us if you want, but, you know, we can laugh us at, at us too. And it was, you know, through being sort of easygoing about it that we ended up opening conversations and, um, you know, and now we have, we still laugh about it, don't we? I mean, it's, it's not... <laughs> You know, he's if he's mowing the lawns on his tractor, if we happen to be down in Southland, you know, he'll, he'll come up with a with a trailer full of grass clippings and say, I bought your lunch, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> But, um, yeah, like, that, that's one of the things that we love about you is that, you know, you, you're just so chilled out um, in, in your approach. And, you know, you tell things as they are in interviews. You don't sugarcoat them, but at the same time, you know, you don't come across as preachy. And um, how... How important no, is that to you, you know, coming no, across as and not being a preachy vegan? Look, if you want to be a preachy vegan, happy days, you know, I've got no problems about it. That's, that's, that's you. And if you want, and the activists and all the work they do, I mean, they're all doing something really good for veganism, although a lot of people will disagree. Uh, but for me, I find that if you, if you don't try and force it on people, people question and ask you more, and they find more, and they're more interested. Uh, because at the end of the day, people always say, "Oh fuck! How do you know? How do you know somebody's vegan?" Or they'll tell you, and blah blah blah. Just, just look, just look at it. I mean, I put stuff on social before. I don't really put much stuff on social, which is sort of preaching. Once in a blue moon, I might, and as soon as I do, it's just the inevitable happens. I just get an onslaught of just comments so that's why i tend not to bother uh let the let the food that i cook and the stuff that i do uh with my um fitness and my endurance do the do the talking really and i think it has over the years because a lot of people are like well how the fuck can you do 10 oh, sorry i swore again uh, <laughs> how the hell can you do 10 iron men in 10 days on a vegan diet well i said well i've, I've done it and i've i've been to the doctors i've had my tests i'm not deficient in b12 i haven't got protein deficiency i'm still alive i'm still breathing and i'm fit i'm far fitter than somebody who eats dairy and meat. And 
hopefully people can see that and that's all all that's all you need really and another thing that comes into my mind is weird isn't it because you take a, a, a classroom of children to go and see how uh, lettuce and tomatoes and everything are made but you won't take them to a slaughterhouse to show them how your steak was made why because as soon as they see it they'll cry their eyes out and they'll never want to buy steak, eat steak again and that's so true isn't it yeah. it's like if i was a kid this last thing i want to do is go to a slaughterhouse but that's the truth that's where your food comes from and if you don't like it don't eat it and i think there's a lot of um cognitive dissonance when it comes to uh, stuff like that as well. A lot of people hate to see animals being killed, but yet they'll go to a supermarket and buy a steak nicely packaged in plastic packaging and made to look nice. But then if you had the TV next to it showing you how that steak was made, then those people will think twice. So, hey, yo. Starting to preach a bit now, aren't I? Oh. <laughs> nah, good on you, boy. I, but I'm just so I'm just sort of just trying to put it into perspective, really, without being a knob. Oh no, definitely, it's, it's so true. Like, it's yeah, absolutely. Well, a um, big part of this series is to you know um, highlight p- how people can be doing their part for the vegan movement, which isn't necessarily one form of activism or the other, you know. And like in your case, you know, you're proving people wrong with the athletic sort of um, prowess and then with the cooking as well and you know it's all we're all part we're all different cogs of the machine you know and um yeah you've got your other street outreach which is another part and yeah we each do our own which we're best at you know even uh, when we're talking to joey carbstrong he was um saying about you know find your strength and run with it but um i gotta ask you know like what's the have you seen much of an activist scene like around wales because for me, growing up in Bulch, which is like a tiny village between Brecon and um, Krakow there, I-, I could never imagine seeing like a cube or anything around there. Is-, is there much of a scene there in Wales? What, the vegan scene? Well, yeah, with the activism and the outreach and stuff. Uh, uh, I think there is, yeah. I mean, I think they, um, they went to a farm in Wales. I can't remember what it was because I, I, I did the voiceover for it. And I think it was West Wales, actually. They went to a sheep farm and they showed that secret footage of, um, sorry, somebody's trying to phone me. <laughs> somebody's trying to phone me there. Uh, they went, yeah, they said they had secret, uh, secret footage of um, how they were treating sheep. Poor man, it was just shocking. But um, when it comes to, and like I said, I don't do much preaching at all on socials but then i put my second book on facebook and obviously i, I paid to sponsor it just to, it was um veganry this year so i i didn't put any there was no words of um preaching or nothing it was just like look here's a book you're veganry if you're doing veganry there's some great recipes easy recipes to follow happy days if you want to buy it go and buy it and uh onslaught of abuse I got from uh, Welsh farmers was pretty pretty shocking. I mean, I, I, I didn't have a go at them at all. You know, they've been advertising their goods for many, many years, you know, with their meat, the dairy and stuff. I didn't attack them, but they went in on me so, so much. I just couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah. 
so much so they started deleting their comments in the end. I think the dad had a word with them. <laughs> but uh, they may have deleted their comments, but I, I screenshotted every single one of them. So, um, yeah, but uh, it's, it's, it's just ironic. the world we live in, I suppose. Yeah, it's so ironic, though, do? isn't it, that they, um, you know, don't force your beliefs on me, but then you do something that isn't remotely targeted at them and they jump on it. And it's, um, I, yeah, that's I exactly what. I think that's exactly what happened. I didn't. I didn't attack them one bit. They attacked me. So, uh, but hey, oh, keep smiling. I... Happy days. Chickpeas forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go and peel some chickpeas if you've got a problem I'll, with me. <laughs> I'll just go and sit in the garden, and start crying and eating my lettuces <laughs> <laughs> with my weak arms. <laughs> so um you get your week out. The um now I heard you say just before that you've you've got a um a vegan well when when you did your you know your your first events and uh, as, as a vegan and so you you've got a vegan restaurant just five minutes down the road from you. So so you, it's not a case of being the only vegan in the village then. No, I mean I live in Cardiff. Cosmopolitan Cardiff, there's plenty of vegans. Well there's actually there's a lot of vegan restaurants, cafes that have popped up in Cardiff now. There's um, Anna Local, which is just on the road. When I was on about 100% vegan, run by uh, Adam, who is uh, Hari Krishna. And the food in there is absolutely spot on. And then you've got the uh, Greasy Vegan in Cardiff City Centre, which is like uh, vegan junk food. <laughs> they got the Big Mock which unbelievably tastes like a Big Mac, but it's not. And they got like vegan kebabs, all that kind of stuff, really good. And there's loads, of, there's just, there's an Atma as well, which is another, there's so many great vegan places. And there's a Vietnamese restaurant uh, called Pho. Pho, I think it's called in town, which I love. V Vietnamese Pho is just, oh, it's so banging, refreshing, and it just, ah, it's amazing. But, um, all I hope is after this, after this COVID and this virus and the lockdown, that these places can, you know, I hope they don't get wiped out, and I hope they will be able to continue to trade, uh, because some of the sanctions that are being brought in with distancing and stuff in restaurants won't make it financially viable for them to keep their doors open. So fingers crossed, the government can see this and they help them and we can continue to have decent vegan restaurants in Cardiff and worldwide. Yeah, well, here in New Zealand, um, we've gone back to sort of level one, although we've got cases popping up again. Um, we've seen quite a few of our friends who have vegan food businesses. They've had to innovate. They've done things differently. And now, you know, now they're hopefully starting to spring back up more. And um, yeah. I think us vegans are going to do well because we're eating the right food, so our brain's switched on. So hopefully, you know, we're going to be thinking outside the box, you know, and get yeah. pushing our damn veggies on them more. <laughs> well, so the thing support. is, yeah, well, the thing is, if the vegan restaurants are closed, at least, at least we can go to a field and just nosh on the grass. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely. Hey, um, in every interview, you always get asked, um, what's your craziest stunt or the wildest thing that you've done, you know, being on the road and that kind of thing. So, so we want to ask you, it's a bit of a contrast, what has been your wildest vegan moment? Has there been any like crazy or weird encounters since uh, doing the Dirty Vegan show? Or book? Or all of it? <laughs> wildest vegan moment? I don't think I've had a wildest vegan moment. <laughs> <laughs> 
I haven't shoved the carrot up my ass yet. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I've had a wildest vegan moment, to be honest with you. No, it's just um, apart from burning my fingers, cooking or something, or cutting my fingers, cutting my fingers, cutting radishes. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't got a clue. But no, I have. I haven't had one. I might have actually, but it's not fresh in my not fresh in my head. <laughs> oh no worries. We thought we'd just ask you something a bit different, so it's not like all the others. But um, I was going to ask as well. Um, you recently came a cropper while skating in Dubai. How how's the back healing up? Ah, oh. that's a classic case of forty-seven year old man with a twenty-five year twenty-five year old brain thinks he can still do what he used to do when he was our age. Uh, don't get me it, it, my back's fine now, but um, I was enjoying it so much, you know, it was, it was me, Daint, and uh, the forties crew and stuff. We had just the best skate parks. The weather was obviously perfect that time of year in Dubai. Just the best skate parks everywhere, and I was just I was so excited. I was like, wow! And I hadn't skated for a long time, and it was just like I felt young. I felt like back in the day, young again, skating and. And I saw this thing. I thought, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. And I leaned back too much and crack on my back. And the, I was in so much agony. Uh, but then that that was on day two. So that ruined the whole week. Uh, and, of course, they were all still skateboarding. So I had to keep going to these uh, unreal parks and sit there and watch everyone skate while just I just sat there. And you couldn't, I couldn't just sit there and enjoy a beer because it was Dubai. So... Um, it's just, I don't know, just really sat there and it drilled my mind. I was just like, I really want to do this. I want to do this trick on that trick. And this is, and I thought, my back's, back's really bad here. Yeah? Uh, but I waited until I got home and I got I got the x-ray. And um doctor said he couldn't see anything. And then they called me up then. They said, oh, can you come in? We found um, that I'd fractured my back, uh, top of my back. And I was like, oh, shit. So, um he said, right, you're going to have to have six six months off, not skateboarding or training or anything. And uh, when I can't keep fit, my head starts going a little, little bit south. So I I drank quite a bit and I ate a lot of shit food. And yeah, just went to a bit of a... Not, it wasn't too bad. It was it was all good. But I put on stone and a half. <laughs> <laughs> stone and a half! I've never been... I'm normally 14 stone. I was 15 and a half stone. I kept looking down at my belly. He's going, whoa, man, what's happened to me? <laughs> I just look like a proper 70, 47-year-old man. Just, oh. And anyway, doctor said, March, the end of March, you can start training again. And I ordered a Watt bike in January. And then lockdown happened. And it was just a perfect storm, really. The Watt bike turned up just as I was about to start training again. So anyway, spent the whole lockdown training and I'm all good and I'm fit as, I'm sort of almost fit again and I've lost the stone in weight. Oh, brilliant. So glad to hear you're in the men. So my yeah. stomach has gone right down. <laughs> <laughs> Always a positive to everything. So yeah, of course, yeah. Accidents aside, and hopefully they are well behind you now, but um, I mean, you know, up until then, you've been an absolute brilliant example of, of just how beneficial a vegan lifestyle can be. So, I mean, you've done triple Ironmans, you've done a Decker. I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, a Decker entails swimming, what, 24 miles, 
cycling 1100 miles and running 262 miles. Back in the day, in 2011, I, I did a marathon. I've been there, done that when I was still eating meat. And I tell you what, I was still overweight, running a marathon, going, yay, you know, with bulging here, there and everywhere. I'd love to do one now, but I couldn't run to the mailbox. But, you know, it, it's insane what, what you've proven that you can do and, and do so well. Um, I can't imagine there are too many challenges left for you to do, but, you know, is there anything that the brain still keeps saying, oh, I might do that one day, anything sort of in the pipeline? Or are you quite happy going along on your bike at the moment? Uh, well, I was, meant to, I was meant to be doing the Quint, the, the, the Brutal Quinn, uh, which is going to be in September, which is five Ironmen in five days in Snowdonia. So the elevation of the bike was just something that I think would be the equivalent of Everest one and a half times, uh, blah, blah, blah. But uh, obviously everything's been cancelled this year. So at the moment, I'm just running and cycling and swimming just for the love of doing it. Um, but as for challenges, I, I, I think I will constantly challenge myself. It's what, it gives me a focus, gives me a goal. Uh, I know I've done the Decker. I'd like to do a double Decker. Uh, if I'm honest, I'd like to do as many Ironman as many Ironman consecutively as many as I can possibly humanly do. How many that is, I don't know, without being injured or whatever. But um, I suppose there's only one way to find out, and that's. Uh, I was so glad you said that. I, I raised my children with that catchphrase. There's only one way to find out, Mark. There's only one way to find out, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a 10 out of 10. That was an 8, that was, Mark. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I've, got, I've got loads of ideas in my head, stuff I want to do, and um, challenge-wise or fitness-wise. But uh, for the time being, I think it's just... Let's just get this virus out of the way and let's get this YouTube channel started. And uh, yeah, and then I'm just keep trucking and keep rocking. Thank you for listening to this interview. We hope you found it informative and entertaining. To learn more about Matthew's work, check out at Pritchard SWYD on Instagram. And once again, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms for future episodes. This has been Vegan FTA, vegan for the animals.